Good morning. My name is Thomas. Some people call me Doubting Thomas, but I don't really like that name a whole lot. Maybe not the best name, maybe not the most appropriate name. I also go by Didymus, or the twin. That's what my friend John called me. But I want to tell you today about how I came to believe in Jesus. But I suppose I should set the stage a little bit about who Jesus is and why I was with him. So I met Jesus a number of years earlier, along with a number of people, 12 other guys, I started following him. I was one of his disciples, followed along, listened to his teaching, heard what he had to say. And he said and did all kinds of amazing things. We could be here all day, me telling you about all the incredible things he said and did. But I just want to tell you a few of those. So one of the things he did one time, we went to a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And while we were there, he changed the water into wine. We weren't really sure what it was. We knew it was something special, but that's how it was with Jesus. Oftentimes he did things, he said things, and you really weren't sure what he was talking about or maybe what he meant by it. For example, there was a time a little bit after that we were at the temple. This place in the center of Jerusalem where we always came to worship. And he went into where the money changers and the animals were and he drove the animals out and he drove the money changers out and he talked about it being the house of God. But then he talked about tearing down the temple. And building it up again in three days. And we thought, how could you do this? It took 46 years to build this place. But we realized later that he wasn't talking about that temple. He was talking about himself and how he would be raised from the dead after three days. But I'm getting a little a bit ahead of myself. But that's how he was. He would often say these things and we'd be confused as to what he was talking about. But I want to share about a couple stories in particular. A couple of events that really stood out to me that all came together. So we had been traveling and listening to him teach and preach, and we came to back closer to Jerusalem. We had crossed over the river, and we had just left Judea, and Jesus had irritated some of the religious leaders in Judea. And so we came back near Jerusalem, and as we were there, some messengers came, and they told him that their friend Lazarus was sick. Now, Lazarus, we had met before along with his sisters, Mary and Martha. They lived in Bethany, and I, I kind of think Bethany was one of Jesus' favorite places on earth. It seemed like he was always going there. And so these messengers came and said, Lazarus is sick. And Jesus said something about, oh, this sickness won't lead to death. And so we thought, okay. And so we stayed there a few more days. And then Jesus said, well, we're going to go back to Judea. We said, well, what do you want to go back to Judea for? They tried to kill you there. And then later he said, oh, Lazarus is sleeping. And then we thought, well, good. If he's sleeping, no problem. Remember what I told you about how Jesus sometimes said things and he didn't really mean what he said? Well, this was one of those times. Because he said, Jesus, Lazarus is sleeping. What he meant was Lazarus is dead. Now, if you heard Lazarus is sleeping, what would you think? Sleeping. Jesus meant he's dead. And so we said, well. And then we said, oh, well, if he's sleeping, Lord, it's going to get better. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. He's dead. And that's when I decided to speak up. I didn't talk a whole lot, but I said, oh, well, then let's go die with him. Which doesn't seem like a very bright thing to say, does it? But it's what I said at the moment. I said, let's go die with him. And Jesus said, no. He said, believe in me. He said, this has happened so that you will believe. And so then he told us to come and to go to Lazarus. Well, 
make that long story short, Jesus did raise Lazarus from the dead. And it was an amazing thing. So that was this first story of this time where I wondered, I, I wanted to go and I thought I was, that's what it looked like to follow Jesus was to go and to die with him. Or maybe to die with Lazarus. And Jesus was calling me to believe in him, that he would do some great things. And I didn't know what he was talking about. Next story took place a couple weeks later. We were in Jerusalem now and we were celebrating the Passover. The Passover was this great festival where the people of Israel remembered how God had liberated them out of slavery, how He had defeated the powers of darkness and taken them through the waters and taken them, given them the covenant and then established the tabernacle in His presence. We were gathered for a Passover meal. And Jesus started the meal by taking off His outer cloak and He wrapped a towel around His waist and He began to wash our feet. All of them, the 12 disciples who were sitting there. And this was the kind of thing that Jesus did. He demonstrated his love and his humility, and we didn't know it then, but again, that was something that meant a lot more than what he was doing at the moment. And then he began to talk, and he began to share with us. He began to pray for us. He started talking about how one of us would betray him. And we began to say, well, we betray him? Why would any of us betray him? And he talked about how Peter would deny him, and we thought, well, how? Peter's not going to deny him. And then he was talking again about going away, and we started panicking a little bit. We thought, how could this man we followed for three years, we believed in him, we loved him, we wanted to be with him, and he's going away? And he says, oh, don't let your hearts be troubled. He says, believe in me and believe in my father. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, because in my father's house there are many rooms. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and take you to the place. And that's when I decided to speak up again. I said, well, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, well, I am the way and the truth and the life. It didn't make much sense at the time. What was he talking about, going away and coming back to get us and believe in him? Well, he went on for a while longer. He continued to teach us about how God's spirit would come and lead us. He told us about the hope of the Spirit. He talked to us and He prayed for us and how we might be one and how we would share this with everybody. And as we were out in the garden, as He was finishing up His prayers, we saw a group of soldiers coming. And it was led by Judas, one of the twelve, one of the ones who had been with us all that time. And He came up and these soldiers, they arrested Jesus. And they were going to arrest us too, I think. But Jesus said, no, let them go. And so we went away. And they took Jesus and they took him before the religious leaders. And then they took him before Pontius Pilate, the governor. And they put him on trial. Well, if you can call it a trial, because it really wasn't fair. It was rigged from the beginning. And eventually Pontius Pilate sentenced him to death. Death on a cross, to hang him there on a cross like a common criminal. And so they nailed him to a cross with two thieves, one on his left, one on his right, a sign over his head that says, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And there he hung on a cross that Friday afternoon. And he died. And they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. And we wondered what was next. 
What's going to happen? All the hopes, all the dreams, all this time of following Jesus and wondering what it meant. But the first day of the week, one of the women, Mary, she went to the tomb. And she got to the tomb and she saw the stone had been rolled away and she came back and she found Peter and John and she told them about it. And they went running to the tomb and they looked inside the tomb and they saw the linens there, but no body and they they ran and they left. But Mary, she stayed around. And she came back and told us later what had happened. While she was there at the tomb, two angels appeared, these men dressed in shining white. And she wondered, she said, where? Where did you put him? Where's the body? I can't find him. And then she turned around and she saw someone else standing there. Well, she thought it was the gardener. And the man said to her, why are you crying? And she said, well, they've taken my Lord and I don't know where they've taken him. And then the gardener, Mary said, she said to him one simple word. She said, he said, Mary. And then she recognized him as Jesus and she came back and she told us all this and we were in astonishment. What's, what's this all about? Well, later that day, I left the rest of the disciples. It doesn't really matter why, but I had to get out of there for a while. Well, when I came back, the disciples told me what had happened while I was gone. They said, while you were gone, Jesus showed up. He came in and he showed us his hands and his side. And he breathed on us and said, receive the Spirit and peace be with you. And I said, oh, man. I said, well, I'm not going to believe that. I said, I need to see it for myself. If you want me to believe that, I need to put my fingers in his hands, in my hand in his side. If I don't, I won't believe. I will not believe. Well, those words would come back to me, not believe. Well, another week went by. We were all in that same house again. I was there this time, and Jesus showed up. And he said, Thomas, see my hands, see my side? Put your fingers there, place your hand in my side. And then he said, don't be an unbeliever, but believe. Stop being an unbeliever. Be a believer. Stop unbelieving and believe. That's what I want to talk about. Is where, what, how those words changed me. But first, one little thing is just the fact that Jesus showed up. Here I was, I was wondering, I was questioning, I was demanding answers. I wanted some sort of proof. And Jesus didn't have to give it to me, but he did. And that was the amazing thing about Jesus is so often it was grace upon grace where he would do far more than we could ever ask or imagine, far more than we ever needed. And here he was and he offered it to me. And in that moment then, he said those words, Stop being an unbeliever, but believe. 
Oh, he had talked about belief a lot during his time with us, about the difference. And he said the world was really divided into two kinds of people, those who believe and those who don't believe, between the light and the dark, between the children of God and those who aren't. And it wasn't so much the hands and the side, but it was those words as he spoke those words to me, believe, stop unbelieving. And I thought back to those other times and it was almost as if, have you ever had one of those moments where somebody says something to you, something happens, and all of a sudden all these memories come flooding back in and the picture and the pieces all start to come together. And that's what happened. Because I thought back to that first time with Lazarus, where Jesus has said, believe in me. And I had said, well, let's go and die with him. And I realized Jesus, when he was talking about believing in him, he wasn't calling us to end in death. He wasn't saying that it would end in death. He was saying it would end in something more. And that other time when he told us to believe in him, and then he talked about going away and coming back to get us. And I, and I wondered, he said, don't know the way. And he said, believe in me. He was telling us he was the way. And that where he was going was beyond death. And so in those moments, those things all started to come together for me. I started to realize when Jesus was saying, believe in me, he didn't want me to just believe that he had been raised from the dead. He wanted me to believe that for sure. He wanted me to believe it, but he didn't want just that. He wanted me to believe in him. To believe in him, to give my life to him, to believe that he is the resurrection and the life, to believe that he is the creator God, to believe that he was the one through whom all things were created. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. To believe that in him was life and that life was the light of men. To believe that he had the power over death. To believe that he could forgive sins. To believe that he was one with the Father and he was inviting us into that relationship. When he was saying believe, he was saying all of those things. He didn't want me to just see some wounds and say, oh yeah, you came back from the dead. He wanted me to see that he was inviting me to go beyond death and into life with him, into eternal life and life and life to the full. Because that was his invitation to have life. And he described life as to know him. See, believing wasn't just thinking some things were true. When Jesus wanted me to believe in him, he wanted to, me to give him my everything. And it all came together because at that moment when he said those words to me, I said, my Lord and my God. Because I was saying, you are mine. You are one with the Father. You are the one in whom there is life. There is nobody else. That's what he was inviting me to do that day when he was asking me to stop unbelieving, to stop from that not belief and move to belief. He was saying, give me who you are, all of you. Believe in me and find life. I got to see him that day. Not everybody gets to see him. But he invites all of us to believe. To believe 
that he is the one who died on a cross for our sins. To believe that he demonstrated God's love for us in that way. And that when we believe in his name, when we give him all we have. When we trust in him. Give him our allegiance. Ask for his forgiveness. He gives us life and life eternal. That day he told me to stop believing and believe. And I did. I saw him then as my Lord and my God. The one who conquered death. The one who gives me life. I believed that day. Will you believe today? Amen.